Hi guys, this is Larissa. And this is Samara. And you're listening to Absolutely, Absolutely Clueless. Clueless. An honest but clueless guide to life in the form of a podcast. We'll be talking about all sorts of topics, from careers to relationships to situationships and more. Ultimately, we're just here to show you that none of us really know what we're doing. So just remember to take our advice with a pinch of salt. And with that being said, don't forget to follow us on social media at underscore Absolutely Clueless. And let's get started. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Absolutely Clueless. Today is episode 10 and we're going to be talking all about work-life balance. And if you stick around until the end, we are finally going to be announcing the winner of our £50 ASOS gift voucher. Woo! So um, yeah, without further ado, let's get into it. We've basically both um, set up or written um, five questions each for each other um, based on the careers that we currently are working on. Yeah. Um, just based on the kind of areas that we work in. And yeah, just trying to ask each other about like work-life balance and, and questions around basically how to finesse work-life balance. How yeah. To, how to win work-life balance. Because yeah. It's a struggle. You, it's yeah. a bit of a struggle. Yeah. I don't know how the frick to do it. No, so. no, we were not prepared for this. We've only been working for about a year and a half because yeah. we graduated from university in 2021, was it? Yeah. So, yeah, we've been learning a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired. Tired, very, very tired, as yeah. we have said in previous episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully these questions could answer um, some things for you guys as well. We really yeah. hope that this can be relatable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, who wants to go first with the question? Do you want to start? Okay, Um, so I said my first question, do you feel an obligation to stick to the degree you worked so hard for, Mm. or are you genuinely passionate about work within the STEM sector? Right, yeah. (laughs) So for those of you that don't know, I studied chemistry at the University of Sheffield, um, and upon graduating, I got a job in a lab, so I've been working as a lab tech, and then got kind of promoted to an LC analyst. So that's been like my career path at the moment. Um, But I've always had a passion for languages as well. I've always had a passion for like traveling, going to different countries. Um, But I guess a part of me chose to study chemistry because I thought I'd learn such good skills that would be like very, like it would give me a solid foundation basically. Did you think it was more vocational? Yes, exactly. And okay. I do think it is because you're, you're not born with knowing how to do chemistry. Whereas yeah. I feel like there are certain subjects that you are, you can just be born with it. Uh, mm. Like the talent to do that subject. And then you just like hone that talent. Whereas with chemistry, it everything is learnt. So um, I feel like, yeah, I wanted to get those skills because it was always a solid um like fallback option mm-hmm. um but I guess now that we're like now that we've started the podcast and uh, now that I've been working for a little bit I'm like you know what maybe this isn't my dream <laughs> maybe working in science isn't what I want to do for the rest of my life um mm. there's definitely aspects of it that I think are good and definitely work with like my mindset my mentality my logic but yeah I don't know maybe I want to do something more creative see that's the thing I don't know I'm clueless yeah (laughs) I think my the main thing that I wanted to ask with this question was whether you felt like there was a sort of pull towards um following 
career path in chemistry yeah. because of how much work you put in to get the degree and well, your A-levels yeah. as well. Well, actually, yeah, definitely, because you don't want to, well, some people do, they want to, like, but for me, I didn't really want to get a degree and then waste it. Yeah, or that's I felt exactly like, how I felt. Yeah, or it almost feels like if you get a degree and then you don't work in that sector for a little bit, it feels like you're, you're going to lose everything is not going to count for much yeah or like you've fallen at the first hurdle almost like oh you yeah. didn't even give it a try you didn't even yeah. try to work in the sector that you got a degree for True. what's the point you could have got a degree in anything then yeah because I feel like sometimes especially employers um education isn't enough they also want to see that you've actually had experience in the workforce as well so yeah. I guess yeah there is that obligation there is that how you feel as well I think so. I did feel like that. I still do. Um, I think that's why a lot of my... I've been umming and ahhing a lot about um, whether I would ever go back to law. Um, I think I knew that I would be good at it. Um, as soon as I would put like a little bit of effort in. I, I it sounds a bit big-headed, but I it wasn't that hard for me to get good grades in law. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So... And I did enjoy some of the subjects. I think what put me off was the theoretical side of it. Um, even though I was good at it, I just didn't really enjoy it. Um, but then mm. when I worked in a law firm, um, a lot of people said that it was completely different when it was um, actually applied to real life. Mm. Um, so the practicality element of law really did seem like something that could work for me. Yeah, That was the main reason why I went, wanted to go into recruitment. Um, I wanted to really get a look inside the industry and actually understand it from a commercial point of view. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I really do now. Um, and I'm really fascinated. I kind of, I, I enjoy like the crux of my job. Like I enjoy learning about what everyone does, getting a really good understanding from, you know, the horse's mouth, speaking to partners, speaking to the recruitment teams. Yeah, um, yeah, because you're in recruitment now. Yeah, um, and I'm learning a lot about how law firms actually operate as a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think all of that is very much hidden from you when you're studying law. It's very much based on um, philosophy versus legal application. Um, you don't really get a lot of focus on real world applications of, of legislation. Um, it's not really the point. <laughs> uh, they're kind of training you on how you could possibly be a legal academic. Um, so it's supposed to be a bit more general. So you could go in every which direction. You could be a lawyer, you could be a legal academic, um, you could be a lecturer. Uh, so it's it's not really specific, which I think is what maybe put me off. But yeah, definitely an element um, of the fact that I studied for so long um, and I ummed and odd because, you know, we both switched as well. We both yeah. did a different um, course to begin with. Yeah, so I feel like we both sort of ummed and odd about whether the thing that we were trying to pursue was definitely for us the fact that we did a different course to begin with um, in our first year of uni and then we redid first year and did a different course. Yeah. So that's when I went back to law. So I feel like because I already had a year of trying something else, I did journalism, and it just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. And I felt that pull towards law. I kind of owed owed it and still owe it to myself yeah. um, to stay within the industry because obviously I've, there must have been something that enticed me to come back when mm-hmm. I tried to leave. Yeah. So I think that is a strong element for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, in, it's funny that we both changed our courses. It's like I started yeah. on env- environmental science, you started on journalism. 
and then we both dropped off. <laughs> I mean, it just wasn't for me. Do you know what it was? Everyone around me was like so obsessed with the fact that um, they were going to be a journalist when when uh, they were older, and yeah. to the point where they had literally. That's what they dreamed about being. Yeah, like they had literally picked their school work experience based mm. around them being a journalist. So it's something that they had um, wanted for a long time. And I was just like, well, this is just a whim because I didn't get into my first choice uni. I was just like, well, it's not going to be what I envisioned. So I'm just not going to yeah. do yeah. law because I just didn't think there was a point. Um, didn't work. Yeah. It wasn't what I wanted. I wanted to do law. So yeah. Um, but yeah, do you, I, I guess, do you think that you're going to sort of, I guess, see it through and just see what a career in science would look like for you before ever th- thinking about other options and just yeah. keep your like projects and hobbies on the side? Yeah, I guess I don't want to abandon it mm. um, because I feel like it's, I, I have a lot of potential there, so I don't yeah. want to waste that potential. And also I am a little bit scared to kind of try different jobs and see where that's going to get me because I yeah. feel like I could end up um, maybe regretting it or maybe just ending up not better off. So I mm. feel like it would take a really good alternative to kind of make me do the switch mm-hmm. outside of chemistry. So mm-hmm. What do you think we'll that alternative that. would look like? Maybe something like this because I'm really enjoying the podcast. Yeah. I'm really enjoying the, the social media side of it. Yeah. And... Well, I still want to do a master's. I still want to go study abroad, live abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I'm glad I didn't rush into doing a master's because I feel like I would have just gone straight into chemistry instead of considering other options. Because now that I've had some time, mm-hmm. I'm actually like, you know what? Maybe I should try sociology. Maybe I should try psychology. Maybe yeah. digital marketing. Maybe I should like do something completely different mm-hmm. and get educated in a completely different field. And yeah, see, and see how that feels. Sociology would be so interesting. I think. I think. Yeah, I think I would love that. Yeah, I feel like it's right up my alley. I do <laughs> kind of wish that I did sociology at A level instead of psychology. Yeah, I feel like I was naturally more inclined to answer things from a sociological perspective. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I anyway, okay, your question. Okay. Um, so my question for you is: What's the hardest thing about hosting a podcast? whilst at the same time having a nine-to-five job. <laughs> oh, my God. The hardest thing, probably time management. Mm, um, big one. Yes. I think a lot of people think that you simply have to make time to record and edit, and that's where it begins and ends. Um, but at the same time, we are trying to build a community. Yeah, We're trying to community. Yeah, <laughs> this community. Yeah. And, like, that includes networking events. And that includes making um, sure that you're creating different promotional tools, different marketing tools, um, and still sticking to our brand that we're creating. We're still creating the brand. That's another process. Um, We need to strategize. We have like little like strategizing sessions where we just kind of talk about um, different mediums um, and different sort of tutorials on how to grow different platforms um, and and how important each platform is and which one um, we could use for what and what kind of um, like is it photos is it um, promo pics is it reels is it tiktoks yeah Um, and and it's a bit difficult because I feel like the type of videos that go viral on tiktok are different to the type of videos that go viral on instagram reels yeah so it's a bit hard trying to like 
manage that as well. And it all needs to tie back into the brand. Mm-hmm. So you can't just do like a random TikTok trend because it's trending. It needs yeah. to link back to what our brand is, which we're still basically trying to figure out because we're so new. Yeah. Um. So it's trying to make the time to put aside um, not just physical time, but energy mm-hmm. um, to put into this project um, as well as maintaining energy and still performing to the to the standard that I expect of myself at work mm-hmm. um and it is really hard to stay on top of it sometimes like this week I've been really drained because I have to start a new job as well oh, um yeah. and I think when you start a new job um all the like new systems you have to learn um you kind of do feel like you're under a bit more of a microscope than you would be if you'd been there a year or two yeah um people checking up on you making sure that you're getting on all right making sure that you are what you presented yourself to be Mm -hmm. um so all of that is just exhausting me um and then I've got other sort of focuses that I'm trying to build on personally as well um that are also taking time out like I'm literally gonna go um, and work on something else after this <laughs> um, and it's just a lot of energy so um, do I regret doing it absolutely not um, you make it work you make the time um, because yeah. if you want something you just find the time to do it definitely um, yeah. when we yeah. went to that networking event it, we were there till 11 it was on a Wednesday yeah, we had work Wednesday. the next day I know I know <laughs> um, it was worth it though wasn't it yeah no it was really good like the, the amount of information we got the different people we spoke to yeah um, it was all worth it. We got like a different perspective. Yeah, we got a bit called out at one point. The guy was like, "You're doing Instagram reels, you're doing TikToks, but you're not on YouTube Shorts." I was like, "Oh my god!" You were like, "Oh right, sorry." <laughs> okay, I'm gonna write that down and then I'm gonna go and apply it later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and he also said something really important. That was like, "There's no point in you, um, constantly googling top tips on how to grow a podcast, yeah. blah blah blah," because what really will work for your specific brand might not be a general fix all Mm -hmm. kind of tip that you can apply it's just a case of trial and error so that's what we're trying to do here and that again takes a lot of time because you need to think of different things yeah and also i think just like the workload the amount that we have to put out there because he said you know like um with tiktok with anything eventually he said something like if you throw enough, what was it? If you throw enough shit at the wall, something uh, is going to stick. Something eventually is going to end up sticking. So, like, the idea is that there is, like, post as much as possible uh, and put as much content out there. But, oh, my God, that's a lot. Like, it's a lot of uh, work. Yeah. I remember we were, like, considering possibly um, taking a break from um, maybe posting every week. But coming back from that network event, it just proved yeah. that that is not possible for us right now. No, no. Um, and we want to do what's best for the podcast. We don't yeah. really... We can burn out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because um, this but is what we I care about. I feel like the burnout that I'm getting from the podcast is different to the burnout that I have gotten at work. Because I've, yeah. at work, it's like you're doing this, you're getting paid this much, and the reward isn't the same. I feel like the podcast, because it's our own personal passion project yeah and it's we're we're doing it because we really enjoy it and yeah. the rewards that we receive are just so good like just all the comments and that we get financial which yeah is yeah yeah because we're not we're not getting money yet but if you yeah. know someone that wants to like, sponsor <laughs> us or something you know <laughs> please <laughs> so much i just want this to fund my lifestyle <laughs> 
I really want to start making money from this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be great if everyone could just make money from like their passions? Yeah. Well, um, some people do, yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's definitely, it's doable. Anything is doable in terms of forming a balance. I think it's maybe easy for me because I'm not in a position where I've got any other responsibilities outside of the ones that I create for myself. Yeah. Um, so working out, going to work and this podcast are my top three. And obviously as well spending time with my friends and my boyfriend um but i'm i'll make it work i just like don't really lie in anymore yeah <laughs> i know i don't get any sleep anymore yeah. really like yeah. when i want to do my hobbies like bachata on a tuesday i don't get home till like midnight and then i just can't sleep properly and no. yeah but so we might not be doing it completely perfectly we're still trying to learn yeah. how to balance everything yeah but that kind of links to one of my questions for you actually oh yeah so do you think you have a good balance of work and play um i feel like work and play yes but work play and rest no <laughs> right okay <laughs> because i feel like i'm working um like pretty hard um like i'm never late i'm i don't you know neglect my job or anything at all I put in effort when I get there um and then I feel like I still try and go to the gym I still try and do my hobbies and also see my friends on the weekend and we've been going out quite a bit actually yeah. like so I feel like I've been enjoying my friends company but then doing all that I haven't found time to literally just sleep literally just like rest have a nature day yeah um and you go for a walk somewhere like I just don't have time for those like little peaceful moments anymore mm. um and i think that's just because there's just not enough time to fit it all in yeah and feel like i'm on top of my shit basically yeah so, i think yeah, a lot hard. of people do say that you are at work pretty like for most of your year yeah it's more than half of like it's it's a lot of time that you're at work mm -hmm. so um it, the only reason why it's hard to fit things in is because that takes up the biggest chunk of time. Um, so that's why people say that you really do need to have a passion for the thing that you do every day, because yeah. it's what you're doing the most, it's what you're spending the most of your time on. Um, and so that's when it can get frustrating if you do have passion projects that you're equally passionate about, or maybe even more passionate about, yeah. um, but you don't have as much time to invest into it. It yeah. can get really frustrating. It can actually make you resent your job when you didn't before. I know, yeah, definitely, definitely. But I feel like as well, um, you there's one thing being passionate about your job, but another thing, believing that it's useful, that it's mm. a useful job and you're doing something valuable at the end of the day. Yeah. Because you might hate your job. Like you might be a doctor and you hate the working hours. You hate like how tired you feel. You have to be on your feet the whole time, the whole mm. shift. Um, you get abused by some of the patients. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you feel like your job is valuable because you're literally helping people. You're saving people's lives. Um, so then you might get a sense of purpose out of that. Yeah. But if you don't get a sense of purpose out of your job, I feel like that can lead to, yeah, just like being really unhappy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe the key to, and you know, please correct us if, we're, if you think mm -hmm. we're wrong, to um, creating this balance is, first of all, trying to fit your passion into your career as much as you possibly can. Um, if you don't have the privilege of being able to explore different career avenues, sometimes some people just need a job to get income to survive. Um, yeah. Then I think it's about trying to manage your time 
um, in a way that best suits you and serves you. So, okay, you might be at work eight hours a day, nine if you include, include travel, um, but with those four or five hours that you've mm. got for yourself, make them count as much as you possibly can. Um, yeah. If you want to maybe, if you want to work on your own, like, um, personal PT online thing, yeah. make sure that you put every single moment, lunch times, even yeah. lunch times. We spent a whole lunch time once just going back and forth on creating different promo stuff. Yeah, different um, visuals. Yeah. And I really didn't mind because no. it, it was a useful, it served me. Yeah. Um. So I think, yeah, finding something that um is going to be fulfilling in your free time can make you feel like, okay, I might be, you know, work my ass off all day in a job that I don't really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least with the time that I have, I'm making the most of it and it's actually getting me somewhere. Maybe eventually you can start to equalize your time in the thing that you find passionate, um, uh, passion in um, yeah. and the thing that you just need for money if that's the situation you find yourself in. Yeah, because um, I was doing Portuguese classes every Tuesday for like two hours when yeah. I first started working. And honestly, I it got to a point where I wasn't really looking forward to it because I would feel so tired. Like on a Tuesday, I'd have to rush home, rush to eat my dinner, and then pretty much straight away be in the class, like on Zoom. Mm. And then sitting there for two hours, having to concentrate mentally when I've literally literally been at work doing all these like calculations and I've been doing like mentally draining work. Um, but looking back at it, I never regret how much time I dedicated to, my, to a hobby, even if it was really tiring. Mm. So I feel like if you invest in yourself, like you pick up a course, um, you just do something outside of your job, um, it, you're never going to regret it. Even yeah. if it does feel like maybe you're playing into like hustle culture, because I know that that's quite a thing now people feel burnt out because they're trying to do everything all at once yeah and i feel like people think that when you live in a capitalistic society you have to be productive all the time and a lot of people attach their value to their level of productivity and they feel like if they're not doing enough then it's they're not good like Mm-hmm. yeah they're lazy but not yeah. that's not necessarily the case as long as the time is serving you that could just be rest that could be um meditation it could be any form of self-care um as long as that extra time you are using it to serve you mm-hmm. um then i think that it's an investment into yourself so it's useful yeah um, and then you can resent the you don't have to resent the time that you spend at work as much because Mm. you're making sure that the hours that you have for yourself like truly for yourself really do count yeah and then you've got something to look forward to as well during your week Mm -hmm. when you've got something like a course or um a passion project on the side yeah it kind of makes the work week actually go by more smoothly Mm -hmm. um so I know it's your turn to ask a question, but this again actually links to okay. one of my questions. Um, so I said, um, do you see yourself working full time forever? And a follow up question to that was, is it possible to work full time and receive fulfillment from your craft? Um, so mm. I think it links to what we were just speaking about just because, um, you know, finding enough hours in the day to f- do your passion and your job. Yeah. If they're not the same. Yeah. Um, so what about, would you consider well, going part time? I would love to go part-time. I really want a part-time job, actually, because I want more time in my day. Like, since being in a nine-to-five job, Monday to Friday, Mm -hmm. I 
think back to the time that I had when I was at uni and I was just like you know if I was sleepy one day I would just sleep yeah. like if I didn't want to wake up and go to the library I would just let myself sleep because I yeah. knew I could just study later I could do the work later but now I ha physically have to be in the office during those hours and I can't okay I do have a little bit of flexi hours flexi time but it's not the same yeah. um and so I would love to go part time and then just just so that I'd be able to rest more, appreciate the daylight as well, because honestly, the weather in England really like <laughs> I can't deal with it and I can't yeah. deal with going to work in the dark and then leaving work, going home and it's still dark. Yeah. And just like the I best, mean it's, it's lightening up now. It's lightening up now, but I feel like I'm not able to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even able to enjoy it when it's sunny outside. I have to be stuck inside and like mm. that's just obviously I can go out for lunch but it's still it's just not the same it, yeah it can make you feel like you aren't operating for yourself yeah um, and that's the main thing that you said there really because um I think if for example we did this podcast um and when you look at influencers who okay they are in contrast where they're working for different brands um, and they obviously work for their audiences who tell them what they want to see. Mm -hmm. um, but the delivery of that completely depends on what they decide works best for them. So if they decide that, you know, I'm going to record at night, I'm going to film at night, I'm going to take pictures at night, it works best for them, they can sleep in and that's what they can do. Yeah. And it's kind of like being a student. You can, um, as long as you are producing the end result, it doesn't really matter when you do it. Mm -hmm. um as long as you get to the end result by the time set yeah um yeah. so maybe that's the thing that is a bit of a struggle to adapt to coming from um a student background i guess would you say um you would ever consider this is a random question now <laughs> just a little bit and um, like a, being a phd student um i've considered it i've considered it but honestly i don't know how passionate i am about academia because mm. i honestly didn't enjoy being at uni so much in terms of the course because I feel like it wasn't taught that well. Oh. Um, I feel like generally universities don't teach that well. I don't know. I feel like even when I tried to find help on like YouTube videos, some of the stuff just still doesn't make sense. And mm. like, so I, I can't fully justify applying for a PhD when I just feel like I'm not gonna be able to be happy and feel like I'm really learning something and know what I'm doing because all the PhD students that I spoke to as well whilst I was at uni none of them really knew what they were doing and I feel like there's this like common theme of like a lack of direction they don't really know what they're doing because it's so just on them they're just researching right um and I, I don't know if I like that because I didn't even like that as a as a bachelor student so yeah hmm. yeah it's like independence um, to a fault. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes yeah, exactly. you do need a level of you, well, you need a high degree of support. That's why you're at uni. You're at uni to learn. Um, so you you can't just complete a degree on your own. But I think we got the worst of it as well because we had COVID. So we really were left to our own devices for yeah. the majority of it. Um, True. so I can see where that would be unattractive for you. Yeah. It's a shame though because 
elements of academia are really enjoyable that kind of um challenge of learning something new and having to learn it by a certain date sometimes yeah. can be a bit enjoyable because when you sit down and you know your shit it feels so yeah, good yeah yeah exactly um, I feel like I really enjoyed education when I was in high school and in sixth form because mm. I just felt like the teachers really supported you and the content was really easy to absorb because mm. of the way that it was taught mm. and then I feel like comparing that to uni I just think like the professors, the way the course was taught, um, like it wasn't easy to digest information, but it easily could have been. And mm. um, they just didn't do it. So that's yeah. why I just like, I just don't trust the I universities they say anymore. That work is like the work at university is supposed to be the same level um, as if you were at A level. So really nothing has changed in terms of how difficult it is. There's not really much excuse um, yeah. as to why people find it so difficult apart from how it's being delivered um, yeah. it's not like it's um you know actually changed in terms of the content and how difficult the content is to understand yeah um so yeah yeah i agree um so i had a question for you which okay. is kind of good that you brought up the influences <laughs> yeah. because my question is do you envy the work-life balance of any of your age mates yes yeah <laughs> um uh, actually ones that i know maybe not i know one of um my friends from uni who you know really well mm-hmm. um is she does tiktok she does like styling videos and tiktok shout out zara um <laughs> and she's really really good at it it's like a re- she's really skilled like naturally yeah, just is, gifted yeah. in, in that um and you know if that was what she was doing full time then i would envy her but i think it's really stressful actually because she's still in uni and she's doing quite a difficult course that's very demanding she has mm. to physically be in labs and she has to physically be in pharmacies um so she's really like um spreading herself quite thin um and mm. she's still delivering um to high standards in both elements um but I'm, i can only imagine how bent out she is yeah uh, so mm. i probably i think she's probably like got a worse kind of work-life balance than us because yeah i think if you have um a part-time job with uni easily manageable but if and i think we've learned this from having this podcast um you have something that's your own project you want to spend as much time as possible on it um and you kind of have to keep producing especially if you're growing um yeah. pretty much every day something yeah. else to put out more content more content um, and so she's doing that as well as um, she's basically in the master's year of her degree. Um, so that's quite intense. Um, and she's doing that whilst, you know, being on TikTok, which yeah. is crazy. It's a lot of like, responsibility yeah. as well. So I don't know if I envy her work-life balance. Um, age mates of people that I know, no. I think influencers in general. So yeah. I follow... You know, I, I guess you, you can say someone like um, Madison Sarah. The thing with like, it's hard to say if I envy anyone because I don't really have access to what um, kind of lifestyle they live. Yeah. I think most people that I know that are our age are kind are of struggling just in with the, the same struggle. thing. Yeah. yeah. And 
run if we go out for food with our friends in the middle of the week we're all yawning we yeah. we're like should we, should we treat ourselves to a bottle of wine mistake we're all yawning now we want to go to bed we're trying to have a fun night we're trying to be a bit cheeky and the moment we try it just makes us even more exhausted it just exactly. reminds us that we've just been at work for three days straight and we have to be back again tomorrow yeah, exactly so we can't I, even enjoy the night properly because we know we have to go home early so we can sleep properly so that we can be awake yeah. in the morning <laughs> I just think about myself like sitting down at that desk being like no I'm not gonna yeah, be happy with you're gonna regret Samara. you're gonna regret it yeah so do I envy anyone not at this stage no maybe I will um I think the time of envying people will probably come in our 30s when um the graft of everyone's 20s is starting to pay off yeah um yeah. so if some, and some people are like part-time traveling the world exactly and so- still getting paid a lot <laughs> <laughs> um no I, I think when when we get to 30 um that's when the envy might kick in just because um i think that's when yeah everything sort of starts to come into fruition everything that we put in throughout our 20s right now everyone's grafting in whatever way they can and um, whether they're working um, a menial job to get mm. to climb up the ladder yeah. or whether they're still studying um or whether they're trying to build a platform on social media and I think by 30s, by our 30s, we'll see how that sort of progressed and played out. Mm-hmm. Um, and for people that might not have invested as much in one area as they should have done or compared to other people um, that we know, they might be looking at other people going, oh, I sh- wish I spent my 20s doing that. Yeah. Um, I wish I maybe, um, some people might be like, I wish I traveled less actually, because now, um, I'm, I'm kind of like a bit lost. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and some yeah. people might be like, I wish I would have traveled more because I hate my job. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think we'll see a bit more when we get to that age. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, I have another question as well. Okay. Um, so how do you feel about like, how are you managing to juggle nine to five life, your podcast, but also being in a relationship? Mm hmm. Um, I'm quite lucky. I think my boyfriend's very relaxed. We really do enjoy um the fact that we all we both have our own friendship groups and our own projects and our own passions. He literally just finished his um coding course and that was probably taking up more time than this podcast yeah. <laughs> did for me. Um or does for me. Um, because he was studying and he had to meet certain deadlines. Um, and so sometimes it was a bit sad because I'd go around and he would have to work mm-hmm. and we didn't get to spend like proper time together. Um, but I quite like missing him. Um, it, it feels like we get to appreciate each other's time a bit more. Um, sometimes, you know, when I've stayed there for weeks on end, when I've stayed at his for weeks on end, I'm a bit like, I'm literally just, I feel like a couch potato. <laughs> like, I'm not really doing anything. We're not doing anything together. We're just yeah. watching films. It's not, and, not quality time. No, just... whereas now we have, like, date nights. Like, I saw him last weekend. We had a date night. It was really cute. Mm. Um, So I, I do think that it works for us. I think just because of the kind of relationship that we've created, um, we don't really mind. Uh, the balance aspect, I feel like it all just... The main balance that I struggle with is podcast and work rather than mm. my social life because I think it's yeah. easy to um, fit our social life around it most yeah, well so far. True. Yeah. Um, I think maybe if we get to a stage where um, fingers crossed touch wood, we start mm. getting opportunities through the podcast, 
then it'll be a bit more difficult to balance social life. Yeah. Because then it's not yeah. just, you know, the social media and the actual brand itself that we're creating. It's then um, other events or mm-hmm. um, like situations or, or things that we need to do, tasks that we need to do um, that leak into the time that we yeah. set aside for something else. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, right now. Chilling. Yeah. Chilling, that's good. Because yeah. I, I was thinking, like, I wouldn't be able to fit a man into my schedule now. Dang. Well, definitely not someone new, because I feel like you'd have to put in effort to meet someone. I feel like if you're already in a relationship and then your life gets a bit busy, it's a bit different to being busy and also trying to date and get and find someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I agree, though. I think why though? Because I feel like it's like it's more difficult in the beginning, like as well in terms of emotionally. Mm. Whereas when you're settled in your relationship, you can just rely on it a bit more. Um, I see where you're coming from, but I think, for example, when me and Matty first got together, I moved back to Liverpool. Yeah. And I had uni, and he went back to work, so we actually didn't see each other very often. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's just that we, you know, would message mm-hmm. and we would call. Um, and we would arrange things for, okay, I can't see you next week. I'll see you in two weeks time. I'll see you in three weeks. Um, and we just stayed consistent in that way. Yeah. Um, and I think if there's an understanding there, then you can fit it in. It's just dependent on the person. If someone else has um, different demands of you and your time, that isn't going to work for you, then maybe mm. they're just not the right person for you. Because I feel like I literally went to Freshers <laughs> oh, yeah. the whole week. Um, and uh, he came up. And I think he, to be fair, I think he'd like broke his ankle. (laughs) So um, he was off work. But um, I spent the whole time doing like going to freshman, then I went to uni. um, I'm still able to fit in some time to spend with him. Yeah. Because we just, that was uh, something that we wanted to make sure we found the time to do. And I didn't really have to compromise on my time. Um, I, I know some people that have felt like they had to and have. I know some people that kind of disappear off the face of the earth, actually. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's definitely their life thing. is work, relationship, and there's not really much time for anything else. Yeah, so true, so true. Yeah, depends on the person, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think you're the kind of person you're similar to me. I don't think that you would allow it to trickle into any of the other things that you think are important. You wouldn't let yeah. it trickle into your time dancing. You wouldn't let it trickle into um, the podcast. Yeah, and your time studying. with your friends yeah, and you're traveling yeah. you just wouldn't you would find someone that is okay or maybe would even want to go traveling with you mm-hmm. or would want to go to dancing with you and go you know what i want to mm. see what that's like let me let me just see what that's like yeah. or if you want to do that with your friends cool i'll go get food with mine like that's yeah. that's our time to see our friends because that's basically what this is and Meanwhile, my boyfriend's at the gym with his friends. Like, yeah. it's all good. Yeah. So, I, I don't really... I think it, it fully depends on the partnership that you've established with someone. Yeah. And I yeah. think that you are good at... You would now be good at setting those boundaries because you mm. know what's going to make you happy. And if someone yeah. doesn't feed into that, you just simply move along. <laughs> just, like, yeah. simply wish them well. Little goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. See you later. Enough for me. <laughs> okay i'm gonna make this my last question for you so okay so i'm gonna let you pick which question you find the most juicy and you want to answer the most so we've got here when do you think you'll actually settle down i.e find your forever home okay slash what is the thing that you're most scared of with being a woman a working woman 
within um, the STEM sector. I'm just going to answer the second one really quickly. I don't, I'm not scared of anything. Um, <laughs> at my okay. com- Yeah, because like, I feel like the gender isn't going to make a difference because I know that I'm good at my shit. Like I'm yeah. good at science uh, and I'm always going to work hard. So I feel like it's, it's never going to be, like a man's never going to be my competition really. But I, what if it's the people at the top that are maybe preventing you from moving up because, yeah. because of that? factor i'd move companies i think i'd have to at that point i guess as well there is a need there's a requirement for people like you so yeah it's kind of like the balls in your court yeah in it so you could be like well fuck you yeah exactly you don't want my talent you don't want my brains that's your problem i'll give it to someone else (laughs) someone else thank you (laughs) yeah wait so what was the first one again um so when do you think you'll actually settle down i find your forever home Mm. because i know that you want to travel yeah i know that you kind of don't fully know the idea of your like i know yeah because i've been saying this literally since i actually came to Gre- uh, to england from greece when i was five really yeah like i've literally even once we went on holiday back to greece when i was like seven yeah and i thought we were moving back <laughs> like, i didn't think we were gonna go back to england i was actually preparing to like go back to school and stuff like i just did this place is not for me <laughs> Like, okay, I've, I like Manchester because I've grown up in it. I've got loads of connections mm-hmm. and it does feel like home, of course. Um, so many memories everywhere, but I feel like I need to, it's actually a necessity at this point. Like I need to try living somewhere else. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like, I don't know when I'm going to do even that. So then, and I also want to travel around a bit before I decide where I'm actually gonna settle down and live. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it's gonna be a long time. Probably in my 30s is when I'll eventually choose where to live. And yeah. even then, I'm st- I would still give myself the freedom to change my mind. Like I might decide, okay, I'm gonna settle in Manchester. Maybe five years after that, I'm like, you know what? I'm actually sick of Manchester. I'm yeah. gonna move to Australia. Um, so. But then what if, for example, because I know that you aren't like, you said that you probably don't want kids. Yeah. So that won't really be a factor. But what about like your partner, your husband? Um, then they'd have to be someone that's got a similar type of mentality. Like, I don't know if I'd be able to be with someone that wants to like live in the same area that they grew up um, and mm. just not move and maybe even do a job that their parents did and vote for the political party that their parents <laughs> did. You know, that type though, of... I don't know if they have to be completely that way because... It might just be a case where they they've um, they're prepared to move around, but at the end of the day, they've got a certain job, and mm. and that job, um, I like if they were a lawyer, yeah, and then if they moved to Australia, they'd have to get cross qualified, for example, yeah, or if um, I don't know, maybe they've got a job that that they're really happy with, mm. um, and you know maybe it might be like a, a national business. They can move around England, yeah, but. Um, it would be difficult to move around. Or maybe after a certain point when they get to like 40, they're a bit like, you know what? I'm tired. Like I actually yeah. do want they don't want the adventure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they want an adventure, but just in a different style. Yeah, yeah. I guess then I, f- I feel like that's something I'll figure out when I get to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, next question. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a good, it's a good uh, question because this is what we talked about when, you know, when couples talk about ups and downs mm-hmm. um, and the difficult moments in relationships that really test whether you guys are a match. Yeah. 
in situations like that, it's the long distance, potential long distance. Mm -hmm. One partner wants to work in one place. The other wants to go traveling the world. Who makes the sacrifice? How do you find a compromise? Um, that's really key into like indicating whether it's a good relationship and you guys are really like made for each other. Mm -hmm. So I really, I don't know, don't know. Yeah, I guess as well, once you actually like meet someone that you think is worth like yeah. starting to think that far into the future about, yeah, um, that's when you, I guess you can have the conversations with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And then go from there, yeah. yeah. Okay, do you want to ask me your last okay. question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, this one is, are you happy or disappointed with where you've ended up? And is it what you expected from when you came out of uni? Um, short answer, no, it's not what I expected. I expected to, um, I actually wanted to be a barrister. So I yeah, didn't want to do, I didn't want to be a sister. Yeah, you talked all. about it for years. I remember when we were in high school, you always wanted to yeah. be a barrister. Still do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I just thought that soliciting um, was all the boring parts of being a barrister. Um, but then I learned how competitive it was to get onto a pupillage. And um, I don't know why I let things like that put me off. Uh, yeah. I, I just get really like down about um, how how much how likely it is that's that's gonna happen mm. um you know if, if it's like 100 to 1 or something like that mm. why would i be the one kind of thing so then it's like rather than avoid it completely i'm like okay let me go uh, i'm not gonna give up on it i'll go a different route just to up my chances so i was like i'll become a solicitor first then hopefully i'll, be, I'll become a solicitor advocate so a solicitor advocate is kind of like a mix of a barrister and a solicitor yeah. it's a solicitor that can um uh, op practice in a courtroom. So solicitors don't actually go into courtrooms, really. Mm -hmm. They they prepare the case beforehand. And it's the barristers that wear the funny little wigs um, uh, that go into the courtroom and yeah. present the argument. So I I was quite good at like mooting. I, was, I really enjoyed it at uni. Mooting is like um, the practice of being in a courtroom. So my exam was basically pretending that I was in a courtroom presenting mm -hmm. an argument. I did really well on it and I really enjoyed it. And that's what I wanted to do. Um, so yeah, there's different routes to it. So I kind of, my plan was to do that. My plan was never to go into recruitment, um, but I definitely am happy that I have, because I have a completely new perspective yeah. on um, on the industry. Like I said before, um, students do not have an understanding of the commercial side of law or the commercial yeah. side of any um of the subjects that they're learning because you're learning the academic version so true and when you get into the working world the commercial side is so important yeah because you're you're working for money you're usually working like you're working for um a corporate client exactly and i'm working for corporate clients yeah. and you don't realize that that immediately affects and impacts how you actually go about the academic application of what you've learned at uni yes, um so yeah, it was really important for me actually to get <laughs> to get yeah. into recruitment so I could really understand um, how the two combine. Um, and yeah, it's made me a lot more confident. I don't know which direction I'll end up going in. Um, I can still see myself wearing the little wig hat mm, thing yeah. um, <laughs> when I'm like 50. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess it can go in different directions as long as I've got the drive, I think is what I've learned. 
Um, I think I, you've got the drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah agreed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm not, I'm not disappointed. I think an element of me was disappointed, like when my friends got onto training contracts and stuff, and mm-hmm. um, some of my friends left law, and they're doing really well, and they're in the creative space now. And I was a bit like, oh, maybe I should have left when they did, and or maybe I should have continued when they did, and I would have been at the same point. But I don't. At the end of the day, I'm on my own path. They're on their path, yeah. and. I think that this is working for me and I'm going to make sure that it's gonna work for me. Exactly, so, yeah, it, yeah. Does, it doesn't matter. Like you don't need to have a, like a strict path. It doesn't need yeah. to be perfect every step of the way. Yeah. Like you don't need to be climbing immediately as soon as you yeah. leave university. It's just as long as if you want something, you end up stirring your way back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Now all that's left to do is announce the winner. <laughs> the winner. <laughs> so if you aren't aware, we did a giveaway. Um, I mean, we mentioned it every episode. So if you yeah. didn't know about that, then you're a fake fan. Um, but we basically um, put out um, a giveaway a few weeks ago. Um, and some of you lovely lot entered and we have a winner so someone has won a 50 pound voucher for asos for basically just being a real one yes yes. (laughs) so we wanted to announce the winner right here right now we will also message you so if you've not listened to this yet don't worry we'll let you know um so the winner is louise Sneddon. i don't know if i said that right (laughs) i'm sorry i don't know if i pronounced your name right but louise louise So, Louise, you have won a £50 voucher. Congratulations. Yeah, smashed it. Smashed life right now. (laughs) So, we will contact you just to get your address and everything so you can send that over to you. Um, But well done. Yeah. Well done. Um, And we will do some future giveaways. We have some more surprises. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, A really big one that we're really, really excited about. We're literally working our artists off to pull off properly. Right, we're doing (laughs) research into, should I say, like, studios we're looking at studios mm-hmm. we're looking at more equipment yeah we're trying yeah. to scale this thing now scaling up scaling yeah yeah so exciting yeah <laughs> so thank you for sticking with us thank you so much for listening we hope you enjoyed don't forget about all of our other episodes as well they're all available on spotify amazon everywhere wherever you're listening mm-hmm. to this podcast episode right now listen to the other scroll one down. yeah scroll down yeah <laughs> okay so um until next time remember that it's okay to be clueless love you bye, bye.